0: Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we are wrapping up a week of talking about assessments. And we're gonna be throwing some stones at the fitness industry today. We are talking about why most assessments are a complete waste of time. Your beep tests, your max heart rates, your sit and reach test, all of it, throw it out the window.
1: Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm just trying to catch a few of the stones that were thrown just now. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show if it's your first rodeo my name is yanni Bormeister. across the table from me is my brother rad Bormeister. to my left if you're watching the live stream is our resident physiotherapist phil white founder of adpt physiotherapy now one of the one of the founders yeah that's right and of course behind the mixer is uh the sexiest man on the planet richard lillies we are Unity Gym and the Unified Movement System where we turn driven people into athletes. Now, today we're gonna to be lifting the curtain and telling you exactly how we do it. Are you excited? Smash the like button if you are. Before we go any further, I wanna ask the question today. I wanna to get a discussion in the comments here, whether you're on YouTube or on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind group. Have you ever done a good physical assessment uh, process, method, whatever it was with a trainer or a coach? Let us know what it was and uh, the type of data you got from
2: it. And uh, yeah, how is everyone this morning? Good. Uh, quick plug for what um, the show yesterday, because we were just talking about how I'm only one of the two physios here now. Um, yeah, really stoked to have had Nilesh on the show yesterday, and we basically did like a, you know, how to not see us guide. So if, you're, if you missed yesterday's show, make sure you do go back and have a listen or a watch, because... Yeah, some good stuff in there. So I'm feeling good about it.
1: I heard it was a great show. I wasn't here. Uh, I wasn't allowed on the show yesterday. They just couldn't have too many smart people in the room at once. (laughs) Uh, No, no. I was was away. Are you feeling better today? I am feeling a bit better today. We're getting there. We're getting there. I'm in my meeting attire. Uh, For those of you who are listening on the podcast and would love to see what my meeting attire looks like, you need to jump over to the UMS Movement Mastermind group on Facebook. Join the group uh, agree to abide by the code of conduct. And then you can see all will be revealed. You can see Phil's, uh, incredibly laid back surfy, uh, appeal, uh, energy, vibe and rad's, uh, shut up and do some bloody burpees. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we do want to send some love to the group. If you are on the group, let us know who you are. Uh, if you're watching the live stream, let us know who you are, answer the question of the day, or just tell us where you're tuning in from. I want to hear Richie's voice once. Oh, you just <laughs> flashed, <That's rad. laughs> flashed a I mean, buff yeah. looking Rich. rad on the screen. I was,
2: really, I was really hoping you guys didn't see that. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Like, Damn it! That was <laughs> that was that's like just, that. that was like that moment
1: tag. in Fight Club where he he cuts in the little the bit dick. of porn <laughs> <laughs> on the kids' movie, you know, just a flick of a,
2: a and all the kids. <laughs> Rad without Your computer open. You missed a uh, oh, uh, shirtless pic of you just Lord. popping up on the oh, screen. Well, it's yeah. a Friday.
1: There's a lot of Friday energy in here today. Try. Um, There's Friday. We can't get that,
2: enough shirtless pictures. Of we got that show, Friday
1: anyway. energy going on. Uh, for everyone who uh, who doesn't believe that Richie's alive, how are you, Richie?
2: I'm good, everybody.
1: Yeah, he's feeling good? Yes, good yeah. stuff. Okay, we can move on. we got that down. <laughs> uh, send some love to everyone listening on the podcast. Send some love to everyone watching on YouTube. Smash the like button. I'm going to do it right now if you guys want to hear why we don't like the industry standard of assessment. Now, let's just start by talking about what you get taught when you're a personal trainer. So, <laughs> you go to see an average personal trainer and... Uh, And most of the time, you know, we were taught, I I can only speak from experience here and what I've seen. I worked as a PT in a big chain gym for just over 10 years. You you know, you're taught to take uh, basic measurements, heart rate, uh, blood pressure. You want to make sure that the individual that you're about to start training uh, doesn't keel over and die from a stroke or a heart attack. Both kind of important, you know, you could say, kind of. (laughs) Uh, and then you say sometimes they do a, uh, a waist measurement or throw you on a set of scales. Um, I hear some good trainers now are doing what we do and, and encourage people to go get a DEXA scan, dual energy X-ray absorptiometry, geometry uh, to get some sort of more accurate measurements of body mass, um, muscle mass, bone mineral density, things like that. Uh, but, you know, generally, there's not a lot of physical assessment that takes place beyond that, you know, you might get some trainers who do like a sit and reach, I've seen some trainers do a max lift on the bench press squat and deadlift, which I think is just downright right. dangerous, you know, straight up. Uh, and then if you want to go beyond that, you've got to really invest some time, you have got to invest some time, and you have got to invest some money, which is what we did, you know, and we went and learned from a bunch of people. Now, I even went over and did the Australian Strength and Conditioning Association's um, Level One and Two courses, which were great, uh, but more uh, appealed mm-hmm. to trainers or coaches who wanted to get into training athletes, professional athletes, and then they teach you how to assess people and set benchmarks based on their specific sport. Uh, not very useful or uh, um, applicable in the general populations scenario in gyms, uh, and so it sort of leaves you with this gaping hole with most personal trainers where they don't really know how to properly assess and that's one end of the spectrum and they're doing just the bare minimum and what that results in is is really uh, mediocre programs being designed they're designed based on people's goals and how that trainer personally trains themselves you know you see everyone uh, i saw this time and time again if you've got a bodybuilder, a trainer a personal trainer who loves bodybuilding everyone becomes a bodybuilder all of their clients even the women you know that just wanted to lose some weight uh, and then you got the uh, flip side uh, you got trainers who are right into their um, endurance sports and everyone becomes an endurance athlete you know and and uh, and that works well for people who want to lose weight but not so well for people who want to gain some muscle you know and so you got this this big um uh, hole in the middle, which is the, the, this lack of education. And then you're at the other end of the spectrum. And this is what we find uh, really interesting, which, is, which was me. I went out and, and spent the first six years of my life as a personal trainer investing every spare cent, every bit of disposable income. I literally moved back in home, lived with my dad, so I didn't have to pay him, uh, as much rent and uh, i just kept reinvesting into my knowledge and learned a lot and and one of the things i learned i went down the rabbit hole of paul check who was great at the time and very popular and you know i ended up building out this assessment pro- process where i was assessing people for like 6 days like they needed 6 hour sessions to get through my assessment handbook and then i'd compile this wicked report that took me about you know a couple of hours to write per client that gave them all this data, you know, and it was then like cr- the worst case of analysis by uh, um, uh, paralysis you've ever seen. You know, you just you were like, okay, what the or hell do I do? By analysis. Par- paralysis by analysis, whatever it was. Either way. You know, what do you do with all this data? Uh, and and, uh, and that becomes a real stifling um, p- place. You know, you, you so you know these two ends of the spectrum: trainers who don't really know how to assess and and haven't invested the time in learning and then you've got the other end of the spectrum where they're over assessing and they're really really uh get you you know because and,
2: and w- w- let's talk a little bit about why. Rad, why were you much of an assessor back in the day when you started personal training
0: no not at all um yanni and i both weren't we I, i'll never forget it I'll, I'll never forget the first time i really got the Rude awakening of how little I knew as a personal trainer, and it was when a guy named Donal Carr, who was one of the big um, Paul check dudes in Australia, and he did a workshop that was going around to the different Fitness Firsts, and it was coming to mind, and it was called "If You're Not Assessing, You're Guessing," and I, it just was the biggest, you know, wake-up call for me. And I just it just shi- it shined such a light on that I was just guessing. Uh, there was no. There was nothing that was structured about the way that I was putting, you know, the, there was the basic, like, way of pairing exercises, but there was no assessing or anything. And then um, uh, and then I went to the army after, you know, I think it was two or three years of being a personal trainer, and, I, and when I came back, and I started working with Yanni, because Yanni had been a personal trainer the whole time, and that's when he did all these courses that he spoke about, and he gave me this fucking booklet, man, of like, This is what you've got to do with someone. And I remember just looking at it going, fuck me. And anyway, I went and did some of the courses. I did uh, the Bataji Fitness Institute level one, two, and three. And level one was all about structural balance assessment and then creating a structural balance program, which is basically what our foundations program is. And level two was all about strength assessments and doing, you know, much, it's basically the assessment process that we use now. and creating programs based around that. And then level three was much more about, you know, uh, fat loss and um, higher level stuff, metabolic um, assessments and things like that. But yeah, so I came back and we did all those assessments uh, with people. So I was there. I was, um, but we, we, by that time, Yani had, <laughs> it was funny, we had this booklet of assessments and I said to him, how the hell do you get this done in a session when somebody's paying you for a session? And he said, oh, just focus on this stuff. And so what I was doing was there was this booklet and only about 20% of it was ever getting done and we were doing very little with what was getting done anyway, which is the point of this show. It was this whole lot of assessments and we ended up, we were just writing the same programs for people because I'd go to Yanni and say, okay, these are the results of the assessments. What should we do with it? And he'd help me go through it and understand it and figure it out. And then it was like, just give them this program. We'll, we'll give them this, this, and this because it's going to deal with X, Y, and Z. And we ended up after a year of Yanni and I doing that together. Yanni was, for the first time, was writing programs with me. So he was writing double the programs that he'd normally write. Well, not um, just
1: that, we had another three trainers yeah. working for us. And same, we just kept writing the same.
0: We just kept writing the same programs because the basic things for everybody w- were there. They had unilateral imbalances. They, they. Most people needed a little bit more pulling. They needed to work on, you know, trying to open up the shoulders and yeah. Well, I, I, I want to jump in there and say that that
1: period of it was a period of about five years where we had five trainers ass- running people through these physical assessments, and that we did length tension assessments. We did unilateral, we did um, uh, symmetry tests, we did strength tests. Uh, length tension for everyone there is really a nice um, fancy term for f- flexibility and mobility uh, testing, and. That was a really great um you know we we collected a lot of data points five years with five trainers assessing this and we actually use this as a system to attract new clients so i would teach the trainers how to do these assessments and they would th- they would walk <laughs> out on the floor and offer people to take them through these assessments and we and by this time we'd narrowed it down to a pre-exercise questionnaire for previous injury and illness history for themselves and their family. So we could collect that data. And that was really a a means to say, okay, you are a risk factor. We want you to go and see a doctor or go out and get some blood tests done so we can look deeper into what's going on just to potentially remove any roadblocks that could get in the way of them losing weight, mostly related to weight loss. Then um, we would take them through the the basic um, symmetry tests and uh, length tension tests. And we called them confirmation tests, and then we'd take them through some strength tests, you know. And it was a basic uh, series of strength tests, and then later on we'd do a more advanced when they were ready for it series of strength tests. But the whole thing would would be done in a couple of sessions by now, you know. Uh, and you'd send them the pre-ex questionnaire at the start, you get that done, and then you'd take one or two sessions to get the rest of it done. And it was really quite streamlined. But what happened over that five year period was we collected a lot of data points. Very, very useful information that I was analyzing and I became the program designer, so I was in an office basically just looking at the data that was getting brought to me by five trainers who were um, uh, training quite a variety of people from general populations to people who had a little bit of experience in the gym Um, and not too many professional athletes, it was mostly general popso. And I just it was just I was just getting the same thing over and over and over again. This is ridiculous. you know. Mm -hmm. And so what we started to see was correlations between people who spend a lot of time sitting in a chair all day that we were we were catering to mostly office workers. Mm -hmm. The only time it ever was different is if we got a builder or a laborer who came through and Mm -hmm. did the assessment and then they'd have slightly different um, attributes and nuances and things like that, you know. And I just ended up creating a a blanket structural balance um, program that we used and and Every once in a while, I'd make a couple of tiny little changes. But, you know, it it got to a point where uh, it was just like, this is what people needed. And it worked so well. And we built a reputation in in that gym. Like people would come with an uh, ailment or an issue or an injury and we would do all the tests and we go okay do the structural balance program and, and they we'd go and with, my so we do all the
0: tests and then we'd fix it with the same program the exact that we did same for the program. last 10 people yeah
1: and and my trainers are like yeah but that's no different to the program so-and-so's doing and i'm like yeah trust me just do it and they do it and they'd be just shocked they'd go why did that work and you're like because most people just need a little bit more strength in the shoulders, a little bit more stability in the shoulders, a little bit more core strength, you know, basic stuff. More, we, we used to put a lot of our emphasis on bulletproofing the forearms and gripping muscles through that period. And what this is called is a, um, it's a, it's a pro, it's a general preparations program. It's a program preparing but before you for we go, training. Before
0: we go into that, let's let Phil jump in here, Phil, because I want to, if we backtrack a little bit. So we talk about these trainers who we were who were going through this massive assessment process what is the issue with that what 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 is our issue I mean you're the one that really you framed this really really well when we spoke about this um, recently it was within the last couple of weeks or or this year where you know you were talking about basically the way that you get such good results with clients, with your physio clients, is um, you're, through... You're
1: about to give away the, 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 the key point here. Am I? Yes, okay. but right. what I what I want to highlight is I just is wanted Phil to have an opportunity. No, to no, no, he's going to explain <laughs> this. He, I'm going to let him explain this, but um, don't just don't start with the punchline. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, how you do we what we noticed was that we were beco- the, the p- these were new people who were really untrained as far as weightlifting goes and strength training, and we were getting the same data from every single one of them, which begged the question: was it the, was it even useful or or valuable giving them these assessments and over and i didn't see it i didn't see it until i spent some time with phil and and he sort of you know he lifted the veil of uh, 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 what's it called when something's bleedingly obvious you know um you know and i was like geez that that makes so much sense you know we 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 shouldn't have even been there was no need to even assess these people because they all have common Issues. They need to, you know, the, the, and, and and why don't you share what that is? What what is? What are the common issues? And what's the problem with assessing new people when they f- first start uh, training? Yeah,
2: I guess like the, the thing is with the ass- assessments is that it, it kind of to get accurate data, you need to have like a fairly consistent result each time you do the assessment. So if someone is say you know uh, doing like a a balancing lunge walk and they've sort of never done it before and then you get them to you know do it a couple of times then if this is sort of like a a new movement for them then they're going to be all over the place and it and it takes a bit of like skill acquisition and correct technique to get reproducible sort of data so if you're getting like if you're kind of taking like three measurements on a new movement and uh and then making assumptions from there then it's just kind of noise like you're just taking sort of data points that don't necessarily reflect how strong or how good at balance or you know, uh how flexible someone is. And so yeah, that when when you have someone completely new, you can uh basically just end up uh yeah, giving them a, a, a program that's just not actually as relevant to where they are. Um at the time. So. Yeah.
1: And so what we've what, what and we've since, you know, and this was a big deal for me, because I built my entire career off assessing people basically holding up the mirror, showing them how messed up their body was, and then they would just sign on the dotted line and go train me, fix me, you know, I've, I've got so many problems. And this plays into the narrative that we're going to talk about it at de- in depth next week, which is creating an injury identity, creating a, uh, an imbalance identity, we're going to call it um, today, which everyone has. Everyone has. This is the thing, and th- and this is the beauty of the, the assessment protocol and doing it. Everyone has structural imbalances, and you never you're never going to be perfect. The idea behind assessing, and this is where we've taken our protocol, is that you j- it's just pointing you in the right direction continually. You're not going off in some out into the reeds, creating worse. Um, uh, um, dysfunction in your body you, you're continually working to level up your best self you're you're striving for your best version of yourself but that doesn't mean that you're striving for perfection i mean no one's ever going to be perfect and and when you you know to sum it up and we'll, we'll i'll let phil talk a little bit more in a sec um what what assessing someone uh who's very new does is it 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 provides far too much data when really all they need is to learn the basis of like proper movement first. And then when you assess them, when you run through the assessment later on down the track, you get a much more clear picture of what their body really needs. Mm-hmm. Everyone comes with the same thing. And this is what you just tipped on there. Most people who haven't balanced on one leg are gonna struggle balancing on one leg. Most people who haven't learned to retract or control their scapula are gonna have problems retract contracting and controlling their scapula. Most people who have never done really good uh, heavy Ba- barbell back squats are gonna suck at an overhead squat with a dow rod in their arms you know like th- it's just o- bleedingly obvious. And so when you put people through those assessments, yeah it's it's a nice way to build a business because people will realize how much they suck but it's all, it's not really that useful. you know is it the is it the best way to get a result with someone? We found that it wasn't you know and so what we do now, uh, based on you know, 17 years of experience and I'm constantly iterating and working with great people like Phil and Nilesh here, uh, mm. bouncing ideas and concepts off each other is that we no longer put th- people through any form of physical assessment when they first start. We, we do a pre-ex questionnaire to make sure that they're not going to kill over and die or to screen any injuries that they might be working through so that we can adapt what they do to that. But then from there, we focus on drilling down technique. And this really comes about from watching the boys uh, practice with their clinic and how they work with um, patients, you know, and they get incredible results. Why don't you explain why that is?
2: Uh, technique is really important. And that's <laughs> <laughs> to really sum it up. Like if there's just, you know, some people sort of think that like, you know, you it, it, like if you're doing a, a squat is a squat is a squat, but like there are so many different variables to how you do different movements. And... If you have good techniques and you're basically putting in like stuff stop- like measures, like uh, backup measures. So if, you, you know, if you're focusing on nine different things r- during deadlift to get the technique right, if you mess one of them up, not a big deal. But if you um, mess all of them up, that's where it starts to get problematic. So if you have like no idea what you're doing and you're just trying to get to a, a really high number without sort of having those measures in place and you just, yeah, you're going to yeah i think
0: (laughs) i think that a really big problem is that people focus on the intensity variable far too soon when they should be focusing on technique at the at the grassroots and so the intensity variable if you don't know what that means is intensity refers to how heavy or how hard so if you're lifting with a barbell and you're doing a squat you increase intensity by adding weight to it And if you're doing uh, calisthenics, or even weightlifting movements, you can increase the intensity by going to a more complex movement, a more challenging movement. And people do that way, way, way too soon. When the big win comes at the start from really, really honing the technique on whatever it is that you need to work on, which is the basic stuff, and then when the technique's good, you increase the intensity, get strong at that movement, and then you change up to a more challenging movement. No, and and that's why we do what we do now. We get people to work on the technique in the basic movements, in the things that are going to give you a big win whilst we're focusing on structural balance from you know within a joint, agonist and antagonist or opposing muscle groups, opposing movements, also from left to right, also from flexibility to strength. So by doing all of that which is what a well written program will do on its own like if you're doing a well written program just by doing the workouts you're taking care of those three things but you're doing it in in a in an environment where you're told that it's the technique that matters here not the amount of weight that you lift and and that's that's why we have a foundations phase to our online programming and to our people at the gym, where it's all about that. Yeah, you know? I had
2: a meeting with um, Sebastian Orob yesterday, Australian strength coach, and we were we were talking about exactly this. Where he's basically saying, like, and this is a very much in a elite powerlifting sort of context, so a bit different here, but I think the the principle really applies is that you can have a great program, and if you have terrible technique, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you have um, like great technique and a, a kind of shitty program, like you, you'll still get <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> still make gains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, yeah. I think what's really yeah, important at this stage is, to, to, look at is
1: to discuss the, um, the concept of micro load, and and why micro load is blown out. Uh, when you've got really poor technique, because I think that's where the cookie, where the where the what do you call it fell dropped for me. The <laughs> <laughs> the penny the penny dropped. No, yeah, those little, that's those right. <laughs> I'm, up, those I'm, a, I'm unwell <laughs> at the moment, and my brain is—I have <laughs> chronic brain fog. So <laughs> you, have chance, bear, yeah. you have to bear yeah. you have to bear with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when the penny dropped for me. Yeah. Um, is Understanding, you know, that um, we ha- we have to manage load, and we talked about intensity just before, which is a, a, a part of managing load. But one of the worst things you can do to mismanage load is is have really bad form and technique. That yeah. really increases the the micro loading variable on your body. So why don't you just explain that quickly? Yeah, well,
2: for another plug for yesterday's episode with um <laughs> Phil and Nilesh. uh We yeah we, we we covered this in a little bit of detail, and next week we'll be jumping into an a whole lot more detail on the macro and m- micro loading episode so stay tuned um but the basics is that yeah depending on how you like you know biomechanics and leverage really comes into play and depending on how you position your body while you're doing certain movements you'll vastly change how you're loading structures so i, I guess the um like the kind of classic one is with with a squat and the difference between anyone who's done a front squat and someone who's done a low bar back squat there is a massive difference in how much you're um putting uh, pressure through or putting load through the knees versus how much you're putting through the hips so it can be you know in the same uh, program you could have a squat and you could vastly change how you're loading through the body and if you have um, you know maybe you're doing something like a whole lot of trail running and you're doing lots of and lots and lots of downhill running and your knees are really getting um, loaded in that kind of context if you come in the gym and then you um, you know with a squat you just think like oh I have to do a conventional high bar as grass or or a front squat, and you just keep on loading up your knees that way, then suddenly that technique is just like really compound effects and all that so those are perfectly fine safe movements if loaded like in the right context that could be really problematic for someone so whereas like a hip dominant low bar squat would be really appropriate, so you can just see how that so micro loading within a technique just plays such a huge role in your overall sort of uh yeah. Yep, the yep. progression. So, you
1: know, well, let's finish on for the last couple of minutes uh, explaining when assessments become really, really useful and, and why it is that <clears throat> we sort of try to discourage people and for anyone listening to the podcast and and watching the stream uh something really useful that you can take away from this is that you know we all want to know where our biggest uh, um, uh, levels of growth are going to come from and most of us are in a rush to do everything like there's no really way of avoiding it whether it's accumulating wealth or uh, in in finance or physique um it, we're all rushing. We're all trying yeah. to get to the end we, goal we as want the quickly results as yesterday. possible. We want the results <laughs> yesterday and we're upset because we haven't started uh, a year ago, you know. Yeah. And so, or we've had some time off for whatever reason and we're trying <sighs> to make that time loss back as quickly as possible. And so we all want to see where the biggest bang for our buck uh, investment in our time is going to come from. And that's where we sort of go, can go easily go down the rabbit hole of oh, I need to go to a, an expert and get fully assessed and then he's going to give me the perfect program prescription based on that, you know. But often what we end up doing is getting really, really overwhelmed by the data that we get, especially if we've had time away from exercise or we've never trained under those in, uh, environment in in that environment before, like strength training or, or whatever else. And that's where I would argue that you probably going to get a much better result by working with someone like Phil or someone like us who is just going to. We have a. Um, a prescription of uh, 15 foundation movements that we use in our program. And each of those movements have regressions and progressions, but we have a a blueprint that we want to get everyone proficient in. And those movements are movements like the barbell bench press or uh, standing overhead military press or um, barbell deadlift, conventional deadlift, you know, uh, front squat, barbell back squat, um, single leg step up, all these things, um, external rotation movements for for the shoulder rotator, Trap three raises for the shoulder um, scapular control. You know all of these movements that have stood the test of time and, and are considered sort of benchmark movements. And so with a system like that, we can create uh, a, a protocol where the the number one goal initially is to master technique in those movements. And we have our technique optimizer program launching this year, which is designed exactly to do that. You know. And then we can take a step back from there and say, okay, so what do we need to make sure people are achieving before they hit that technique optimizer? And that's where our foundations program comes in, which is going to work to make sure that each side of the body is fairly close in symmetry you know we're not s- overly strong in the right arm and and really weak in the left arm and we're not uh, the same in in the uh the legs uh things like the, the the that are very common uh and problematic for a lot of people that we found from all of that data we collected which is you know the body's ability to externally rotate the shoulder as opposed to internally rotate the shoulder and the body's ability to uh, retract and depress the scapula so as to set a really good base for a heavy bench press or a heavy press or a heavy chin up. You know, those things need to be achieved before we start lifting really heavy. And so we're able to do that. And we and we generally put people through those two programs before we ever put them through our assessment protocol, because until they become proficient in all of those movements and all of those um, adaptations, you, the data that you get from assessment is insane. Like you, you yeah, and it's like you, if that's you, if that's your thing, if that's what, if that's your vibe, if that's what makes you happy collecting ten pages of data about why you suck, then by all means, go and and dive into a really extensive assessment. On, your, on day one, but what we've found is it's really not very beneficial. Where you get the biggest bang for your buck, which is gonna play into that thirst for quick results, is to just dial the technique and the foundation movements that you're gonna be practicing later on, uh, the big movements, the big bang for your buck movements, chin-ups, deadlifts, squats, uh, learning to use dumbbells properly to stabilize the shoulders in your pressing and pulling movements, all that sort of stuff, and then take yourself through a really good physical assessment protocol because the data you get at that point is going to be true data it's not going to be generalized data that everyone gets you know and we've done this trust me we assessed literally thousands of people and the assessments came back the same like so similar it wasn't even funny uh and, and we've collected the data we've gone down that rabbit hole for you you don't need to do it yourself and um, yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. And then at that point, when we start to collect data and we do it every six weeks at, uh, as, a, as a back off or deload period of our programming, our whole tribe together comes in and does the testing week where we do length tension, we do strength testing, we do symmetry testing. And then that data becomes really useful. Because then you get a true picture of what your body actually needs and you can construct programs going forward. So every new program becomes an iteration of the previous program to keep pushing you in the right direction of creating your best balanced body. And, and that is what you need for optimal athletic performance. That's what you need to uh, break through plateaus. That's what you need to avoid injury. That's what you need to optimize performance. You know, uh, And that's how we do it at Unity Gym. It works exceptionally well. Uh, and we've created, from that point on, the only thing you need to think about is efficiency. You know, how do you fit it all in to, to a, a week or a program that's not gonna take ridiculous amounts of time and, and get in the way of you actually making progress?
2: You know. Yeah, you don't have to come in for six hours of assessments. That's a <laughs> well, we, we, do, uh, we do it
1: over five days now. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, and, and but it's, it's part still of training. Give, yeah, it's, that's the point. It's part of training. It gives you a workout. And it's deload and, week. And it's, it's deload week anyway. Nice so it works yep. into that whole program methodology that we follow. You know, so it works really, really well. We've got a comment here from Sasha Elsnick. Hello from Germany. Uh, hello back to Germany. Um, first time live, wanted to do FMS, which is the Functional. Functional Movement Screening, due to awareness of some disbalances or imbalances, which physios didn't really point out, but couldn't find SB doing FMS uh, close by in Germany. SB, I'm not sure what SB is. Sure what SB is. Can you give us, some. Sasha, give us some uh, insight into what SB is? Uh, stands for, and look, we've done, I did the functional movement screening, uh, assessment, uh, course. It was a, it was a two day workshop where you could become certified to teach it. And, um, I don't know how they facilitate that now. That was many years ago when it was first sort of coming out, uh, and becoming, and becoming popular and i learned a fair bit from it but i found exactly this that you know they do a lot of these drills where you're sort of stepping over a, a dowel rod Do they still do that you know I mean, where they, what, yeah, years ago, they yeah. look at um your hips and whether you can keep your hips level and balance and all this sort of stuff and uh they did a whole bunch of sort of these crawling drills where they're getting you to um, extend and, and move your limbs whilst you're balancing on one side to see whether you lean or how you know yeah. all this sort of stuff and I just found it was a, a perfect example of what we're talking about here. It yep. just gave analysis, um, um, paralysis yep. by analysis, and I just didn't find the exactly. data that I collected very useful. Like at that point, I was quite a high performer, and it made me look like I should have gone back and le- relearned to crawl. You know, yep. like there was so much wrong, and I was like, so what, like, where do I so go? That's, that's from the here? big
2: thing with assessments. Like, if assessments are useful if they change your management or they change your programming and that's what I really found the SMF FMS was like it's kind of like okay great you've made like these challenging exercises that are a bit sort of funky but like you know it's didn't really direct into a like coherent sort of program and yeah. <laughs> and, and I think you know it, it basically points out like hey great okay do a structurally balanced program and yeah, like that's yeah. where it really changes management and that's what I just say to you Sasha like you know it's it, one of the things about like people worrying about imbalances is it's sort of sometimes not overly like a, a useful path to go down. Like if you follow a balanced program and yeah. <laughs> you, know, you f- follow the right sort of like programming within that, like it all sort itself out and don't let some idea of like a imbalance just stop you from doing things you like.
1: Yeah. The, to- the the takeaway that I would, I would leave everyone with is that you definitely training is training. Competition is competition. Training should be training you in a manner that either a is suitable for the sport that you are playing Uh, and specific to that or b is training you uh in a really balanced way so that you are building a foundation that you can sort of deploy into any sport that you choose to do which is kind of what we like to do we don't do really specific training for athletes uh we have a lot of athletes who are in in the gym who come through the gym and they do our program because they find that's what they need they want to become more well balanced and well-rounded you know but the the problem with the uh, functional movement screening system, which I found this is me personally, and I remember I did it a long time ago. I'm talking almost, it must have been almost ten years ago now or more. Um, uh, it. It just tells everyone the same thing. You need more, you've got like really bad stability in your hips, really bad stability in your shoulders, and you need to um, deal with that. And and that's exactly what I used to find when I used to do my assessments. Everyone got the same sort of result. And that was like, okay, so now you need to go and do a program that – is better uh, at balancing your body. You know, probably more unilateral movements. Probably more focus on uh, providing um, better stability in the hips, better stability in the shoulders, things like that. And, you and know? I
2: do think with a few of the FMS movements as well. Like the way you get better at them is practicing those, practicing those, those specific, exactly, stepping yeah. over a downrod. Yeah, it's, it usually just sort of takes you by surprise, and you're a bit like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- and if exactly you just did right. it a few more times, you get better at that test. But practicing those movements and getting better at that test wouldn't make you a better all-round performer. And what would do that is doing a really balanced, good program. Yeah, um, I do want to just clarify with assessments. So we're talking about a sort of personal trainer context here, and that a few people might be kind of listening and seeing, like, oh, a physio is saying that assessments are sort of useless, or not, not always, like not always a good use of time. Uh, but I just want to kind of point out that like injury assessments are quite a different thing here compared yep. to. Um, compared to the sort of like training training guidance yep. assessments. And so with a, a with physio assessments, that's generally like, you know, you get a lot of information from a subjective history and then you do some movement testing and, and you know, that that does give you good information about injury, but we're just talking about quite different styles of assessment here. So yeah, just absolutely. to just to clear that up.
0: Good clarification. Yeah all right guys well look that's pretty much all we got time for today well over more than we've got time for (laughs) yeah we gotta we gotta jump into our
1: uh, online coaching group in just a sec and um so if everyone who's listening who is part of the ums online coaching group Jump over there. We'll be up and running in a, in a couple of, in a few minutes um, for your weekly group coaching call. For everyone else on the UMS Movement Mastermind, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Sasha. Uh, and uh, Sasha, I would challenge you um, to, uh, to get it. Next time we do a free trial of the UMS Online Coaching, jump in and check that out, brother, because I, I, I think you're going to find that that's awesome what you're looking stuff. for. Or sister, yeah. Uh, I think that that is. I I have to look at the photo to see. I think it's a guy. Yeah, it's a guy. I was right. Thanks uh, for making me look like an idiot. Um, Yeah, dude, I would jump in and check it out because I think our assessment protocol is superior to FMS. Just saying it. You heard it here. everyone have a great weekend it's friday here in sydney australia so we'll be back on monday we've got a wicked um series coming at you next week it's all about injuries rehabilitation and load <laughs> management uh it's going to be a fantastic deep dive so my don't closing miss that thoughts
0: one. are that not only is our assessment process superior to the fms our name is superior the ums <laughs> is uh, superior for those of you who don't know we used to be called foundation movement system uh,
1: fms and we changed it because uh, superior it was the, superior we couldn't use name. the acronym <laughs> <laughs> all right guys have a fantastic weekend thank you very much for joining us smash that like button if you like today's discussion uh and we will see you next week
0: Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept totally. what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll Start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The
1: body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the
0: consistency and frequency that's going to get you there, it's not the intensity.